Welcome to the CompTIA BizTech Podcast, where we talk with industry leaders across our communities and councils to discuss business challenges, opportunities, and strategies for success. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. As always, this podcast is brought to you by your CompTIA Business of Technology communities worldwide. My name is Gary Bixler. I'm excited again to be your host for this podcast series where each week we will be bringing you a new podcast around interesting topics related to the business of technology. Uh, and as a reminder, again, we will remind you at the end, uh, if you want to be a part of these communities, uh, we'd love to have you join us. And you can always learn more at CompTIA.org. Today's podcast, I'm really excited for. This is one of the more interesting initiatives that as the communities we, we take on each year, and that is creating our emerging technology top 10 list. And it's an ever-changing list. And for 2020, there are some interesting changes. This is hot off the presses, just released this week and brought to you by our emerging tech community. So as a part of that, I'd like to introduce our community manager, Adam Prue. Uh, welcome, Adam. Thank you, Gary. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you, as always. Uh, Adam resides north of the border in Canada. So <laughs> Uh, talking internationally today. So happy to be able to do that and also happy to be able to talk to uh, another sports guy like me. How painful, Adam, has this been this spring and summer with, uh, without yeah. sports? Yeah, it, uh, it, hasn't been, it hasn't been pleasant, that's for sure. I mean, we're in June. We should be in the finals now, not only for NHL, but NBA as well. So a uh, little weird not having sort of sports and something to unwind and kind of, you know, get, get into. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, honestly, it's been a little tough. Been yeah. a little tough with no sports. I'm with you. And I, and I have to admit, maybe I'm embarrassed to admit, I've watched a little of the <laughs> Korean baseball and a little virtual NASCAR, believe it or not. So Hey, um, that's all right. Yeah, it, uh, haven't, haven't watched enough to actually pick a team to root for on the Korean baseball yet, but uh, it was good to actually just watch something live. I mean, you can only watch so many replays and reruns, and I've certainly watched The Last Dance and enjoyed that, but uh, yep. and live, there's no, no substitute for, for live sports, for sure. It, it's true. Then I mean, you know, you, as you mentioned, on YouTube, they play all the so, sort of old classic games, and you can catch those. But, I mean, you already know the outcome. You know what's going to happen. So you're like, it's exciting, I guess. But yeah. you already, you know, you already know who the winner is. So it's, it's not that good. But Right. Something. Now, now my, um, you know, stereotype and kind of pigeonhole you as, you know, as a Canadian, I just assume you're a hockey guy through and through. But my understanding is that's not not completely true. So your allegiance <laughs> runs beyond hockey. Is that fair? It that is that is fair. I I enjoy hockey. Uh, I mean, being Canadian, it's sort of in my blood. But um, when they had their lockout years and years ago, I kind of lost interest and had a lot more interest in the NBA. And I just I never went back. And and now any player I knew is long retired. So I don't even know who the new guys are to be honest. So. Yeah. Kind of lost, kind of lost the interest in the NHL, to be honest. So, what what's on the top of your list, and what's your favorite couple sports to watch? Yeah, no, I I would definitely say uh, NFL. I like football and and basketball. Um, it was actually kind of funny. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and um, are, we, are we allowed to quote ESPN? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> they were saying that um, Max Kellerman, one of my uh, one of my favorite analysts, he was saying that um, NHL like 
kind of nobody cares it's gone and a lot, a lot of outrage and how care, how could you say that and NHL is one of the big four major sports and it's like well I mean NBA NFL uh, baseball and I mean I'm sure believe it or not but in the states it's you know college basketball and I was like I, I, I get that so a lot of outrage but I, I gotta tell you, I don't, I don't know who else misses it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get well, for saying that. The the good news is for those that, that are on your list, I mean, the NFL and the NBA have the best plan, I think, to get moving. So we will have, you know, NBA limited as it is postseason, and so that is looking pretty good. Football's planning to go as as scheduled so that looks pretty good and frankly even hockey has a plan i'm a baseball guy yeah and baseball has no plan it looks like it's just really sad so i think i may be left out as as the baseball guy but anyway well um interesting would love to talk sports more um yeah i'm you know we're all just dying for it but it'll be back soon enough but what what is here today is the uh, launch of our emerging technology top 10 list which is always really fun. Uh, there's some really interesting, fascinating changes uh, on the list this year. I can't wait for you to get into it uh, with your guests. So without further ado, I want to throw it to you, Adam. Introduce uh, your topic and your guest and let's get rolling. Fantastic. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate it. So our guest today um, is Mike Haynes. Uh, Mike Haynes is currently the Director of Partner Incentive Strategy at Microsoft. Mike is also the Chair of our Emerging Technology Executive Council. So uh, yeah, I sat down with Mike and uh, asked some questions and here we go. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, Adam. It's great to be joining you. Awesome. Um, So let's get right into it. So every year, uh, the Emerging Technology Executive Council releases their version of the Emerging Tech Top 10. And with the release of the Top 10 happening this week, um, for those those who don't know or aren't familiar with the Emerging Tech Top 10, what is the Top 10? Yeah, it's a good question and a great place to start. So um, think of the Emerging Technology Top 10 um, as our community, our emerging technology communities, collective view and collective ranking of what we see as the top emerging technologies that really offer um, a measurable kind of one to three year opportunity for both customers who are, you know, implementing these technologies as solutions to their challenges or market opportunities and to IT channel companies who are building those solutions to uh, deliver to the companies. So um, at the end of the day, it is, it is not necessarily CompTIA's top 10, and it's not anybody else's. It's really the top 10 view of this community of several hundred providers that belong to our emerging tech community. So we review the market and we research every year to update the list. Awesome. Awesome. So, so, so to that, so how does the list come together? You review the market with, uh, with the rest of the council. How, how does that happen? Yeah, it's a great question. It's not like we just take a bunch of names and toss them in a hat, <laughs> right? Um, no, it's, it's, it's very interesting. So um, when we started this community um, three years ago, one of the first um, things we were chartered with is to come up um, with a top 10 list. And so um, one of the first things we did about around that, because we wanted to have it be a serious um, list that 
that companies could truly refer to and use is put a methodology around our assessment uh, that we would use then to determine what we saw as the top 10 uh, for publication. And so we put together literally a subcommittee um, of this community that had a good cross-representation of companies um, and people with some experience. And then we put a process in place where we refer to various research, we do some of our own research, we look at it at what, what is on the horizon with, with um, different research firms and what we're hearing ourselves from clients and our own partners um, around what they're seeing as the top technologies. And then we would get to the point where um, we would then develop a, um, a final piece that had the maybe 15 or 20 different technologies. And then we would have um, a, a vote around that. Finally, we would come together at um, the CCF conference of, of uh, CompTIA, and we would get the entire community then to weigh in on what the working team had come up with, and we would lock it. So essentially, there's a lot of prep work. Then we get to this subcommittee that, that um, whittles it down, and then the large, larger community weighs in, and then it becomes truly the community's view of what we see that year as the top 10 technologies that are, that are classified as emerging technologies. Right, right, awesome. So, well, you mentioned that this is the, the third year the list has been in existence. Um, this being your third year as the, as the chair of the uh, MTech Council, um, and this obviously being the third year of the, of the top 10. So what is it about this list that stands out to you as opposed to the previous years? Well, first of all, um, I think a couple of things. Um, first of all is that it is really a living document, Adam, um, and that it really does change year over year to, to, to reflect what we're seeing um, as changing customer demands, um, customer challenges and applications. Um, so I think, first of all, it's important to realize that there's a lot of lists out there. Everyone produces lists. Um, some of the research firm produce lists. Um, so it's not unique to have a list. Um, I think the important thing is, is that this is a view um, from a lot of folks that participate regularly in the industry. Um, and it's a great starting point for discussions. Um, what I like about it a lot is that people will disagree with the list. They'll say, oh, well, I think this one ought to be in there or that one ought to be in there. And you know what? That's really one of the reasons for the list is that it's a living document. It's the view of, of this community, but it fosters great discussion. The other thing it's really good for and that why I like the fact that we update the list on an annual basis is that it becomes the good vehicle for channel companies to use to assess their own possible opportunities and to make sure that they're considering emerging technologies that they could build solutions around that many of their peers participated in the development of this. So it's also fun to see how far we've come in the degree of detailed assessment and debate that we conduct in the community as we refresh the list from year to year. So this year's list um, started off literally the development of it last fall as we started to look at the marketplace. And we looked at the existing list um, from 2019 and then assessed the market. 
um, and then came up with a revised list. Um, and essentially that process was fun because it made us really question what technologies are becoming more mainstream? Which ones are coming onto the horizon that we haven't seen before? Um, what are we hearing from our customers? What are we hearing from research? And then it leads to a really good discussion of the value of each of these and what companies can do with it. So I think it's the fact that it's a living document that kind of challenges us um, is what I like the most about it. Love that. Love that. So, well, and, and you mentioned it previously, um, the 2019 list. So what about uh, compared to this year and compared to, uh, excuse me, well, compared to last year, which technologies didn't make the list this year that were on the list from last year? Um, there's two technologies, Adam, that were on um, the list in 2019 that will not be on the list in 2020. One is 3D printing. The other is drones. Um, now, you can argue to some extent whether those could be classified as emerging technologies. Um, they are still very important technologies um, that have tremendous application, but we are seeing them as increasingly moving towards mainstream. In other words, out of the classification as emerging and more as mainstream. There is so much 3D printing going on, so many applications across industries and across horizontal applications that we just asked ourselves the question, is this really emerging anymore? Uh, same with drones. Drones is a really unique one um, in that um, it, in many ways, it's still an emerging tech, but again, it's a very specialized application for the usage of drones. And in those areas that drones make sense from a business application, um, since they're they're doing really well there's lots of folks participating and so we really didn't see it as a quote big emerging tech um category anymore and so it fell off the list right so with 3d printing and drones falling off the list becoming you know a little more mainstream what uh, what technologies took over what what took place of uh, drones and 3d printing for 2020 yeah the the two that that then were added the first is natural language processing. Um, we see that as you might say that it's been a technology in development for years in a way it has, but getting it to a point where the technologies behind the scenes that enable advancements in it are literally now creating a true, true opportunity um, that we see as an emerging technology category for natural language processing. The other one that's being added back in actually is quantum computing. So it was on the list in 2018. Um, in 2019, it came off the list, not because it wasn't emerging, but because the advancements um, were, we thought, a few years out. One thing to remember in our methodology is that we try to place technologies on the list that have a window of opportunity for channel companies of around three years or so. Um, now we saw quantum computing, there have been some good advancements that it's, um, it's likely we're gonna start to see some real impact back into that window, which is gonna support a lot of other technology solution enablement. So it got added back onto the list this year. Got it, cool. So, 
so we're looking at the list and we're looking at number one, AI has become number one. What is it about AI that made it capture the number one spot on the list this year? Yeah, yeah it's a good question. It's, and it's really interesting too, because if you look back at the previous year's lists, and this is one of those things that I'm really glad that I have been involved in this process for several years, is we always saw um, the, the marvelous opportunity in AI, um, and we started to see some real um, opportunities and, and, and solutions around it. So it's been on the list um, since the, the, the inception of the list. And it's moved from number three in 2018 and number two in 2019. And now it, there's just so much going on around it. Um, in our assessment this year, it moved to number one. So it's literally been moving up the list. It's one of those interesting ones to watch. And, you know, AI is now being evaluated as we see it by nearly every organization for possible application to drive insights and, and better solutions. You know, kind of the interesting thing with AI that you ask people about what it, what it is and what it means to them. And you get all kinds of different answers. You get automation, you get, Part of it's related to robotics and machine learning and software programming and, and decision criteria making and that sort of thing. Well, even natural language processing as well. Egg, exactly. But among the biggest opportunities for um, IT solution providers um, are applying robotic process automation, using on-screen agents to replicate you know, human action, and starting to replace some data entry and repetitive tasks, mm -hmm. um, improving enterprise processes such as sales or marketing or customer service by integrating customer data with pre-built cloud-based AI services also represents a really rich opportunity for the channel. Some other potential opportunities and potential areas for solution providers around AI um, to focus on are implementing chatbots, and conversational user interfaces for, as I said, sales and service and support capabilities and, and building or supporting machine learning projects that utilize infrastructure as a service. This in, can include like reselling high value specialist GPU based computer power or other AI specific solutions. So <clears throat> as we looked at that for this year, um, it just, is, is starting to capture so much focus by clients and there's so much opportunity for channel companies out there to build solutions that will really resonate in the near term with customers um, and therefore be a, um, a something they can um, turn into a financial opportunity fairly quickly that um, it was exciting and made it to number one. Yeah, wow, wow, that's, that's awesome, that's awesome. So of the other technologies on the list, which, uh, which, which technologies interest you the most and, and why? Yeah, I, you know, you and I were talking about this in another conversation um, with the community about a week or so ago. And, and, you know, as we were finalizing the list for this year, I think for me, there's no one technology <clears throat> that, um, necessarily stands out by itself. However, there's a combination I'm really excited about, and that is AI, as we just talked about, in combination with the promise of quantum computing and natural language processing. Okay. I mean, I know this sounds a bit Star Trek-ish, 
Um, <laughs> but we've been talking about the, the promise of natural language processing for years. But when you apply quantum computing and just how much more compute power is going to be available, and then you add the capabilities of artificial intelligence to that and analytics and all of that, all of a sudden, I think it becomes the perfect storm for some of the capabilities we have been talking about and dreaming about for years. And so the innovation that will be delivered by these technologies, especially as I said, when they're leveraged in, in tandem, Adam, will mm -hmm. be staggering over the next few years and will enable um, customer solutions that will actually have paradigm shifting impact for those that act on them. And they'll also provide some great new opportunities for IT companies and IT solution providers that decide to build offers around them. As, as an example, it's, it's interesting um, that just this week, um, I, I w was made aware of a company in Seattle, a startup here in Seattle where I live called Defined Crowd. And, and this is a new startup that provides data sets to train artificially intelligent speech programs to enhance voice interactions between humans and machines. Exactly wow. what we're talking about here. Right. So this application is especially applicable to industries like telehealth and education and that sort of thing. So, right. you know, we're talking about this combination of, of AI with natural language processing and then eventually you add in the um, incremental growth in compute power that quantum computing is gonna offer and you can see why there's startups like the one I just referred to <clears throat> that see the opportunity and are actually, you know, building exciting um, offerings for industries that want to start to leverage it right now. Right. Um, so in, in essence, it's, like I said, it's not one technology. It's often these technologies in, in, um, in concert mm -hmm. that if the astute solution provider can really, in, in understanding what their customer is looking for, um, use that as, as a way to build new practices around some of these uh, to literally build whole new uh, uh, business opportunities for themselves. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I mean, the telehealth thing, that, that's a, I mean, it's a big issue right now, so. Well, and think about education right now with, with the COVID situation and so many, um, so many uh, students having to literally work from home. So yeah. teleeducation is another one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what else uh, is, is in the focus? What it's sort of, what's on deck um, coming up with the emerging tech community? What, what can the folks look forward to? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. It, it's a um, vibrant community. Um, so fundamentally we have a couple of different subcommittees, which are really our working groups. One of them tends to work a lot on the top 10 um, and that group is going to continue to carry this to the next level with a framework that we are developing that starts to go beyond just the top 10 list and more a framework for, for channel companies to assess the real opportunities and how these technologies are changing in their adoption and that sort of thing um, that will help channel companies assess them for what they want to build around them. So there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, there's also a subcommittee we have that does a lot of work on, on developing papers, white papers. As you know, we developed three great ones around the top three technologies um, that really quantify market opportunity and talk about how to build a practice around these. 
um, yeah. and we've we've created some other tools, assessment tool, which is great. So that group will continue to develop resources that channel companies can use for building businesses around emerging techs and assessing their own businesses. Um, so those are some of the upcoming opportunities and things we're going to be working on as a community, as well as publishing on our um, on our social media sites and having conversations there and that sort of thing. Awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so someone was inclined and wanted to get involved. How does someone get involved with the emerging tech community? Um, there are really several ways. Um, the first and foremost, I'd encourage someone to um, join the communities that are on LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, that's the first starting point because we have, um, you know, good social uh, network capability where there's lots of good postings and discussion chats going on. Um, that's number one. Um, number two, um, through those, if someone wants to get involved and we'd encourage it on either one of the subcommittees, um, you know, and just join and, and jump in and, and help us work on some of these resources or assessments, um, they can just reach out to us and, um, uh, you know, at the, at the end of this, um, at the end of this meeting, you know, hopefully there'll be a um, opportunity for someone to see where they can link up. Finally, you know, channel cons coming up. Um, and yeah. even though it's going to be virtual channel con this year, um, it's still going to be channel con, which is one of our primary venues uh, for the whole community to come together and talk about what we want to do for the next year. <clears throat> so I think um, making sure they join that and, and then join our session at ChannelCon yep. um, and having their voice heard and, um, and just brainstorming with us uh, is a great opportunity too. So I think those three really are the key things I'd guide someone on. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, uh, I, I think that's our time. So uh, Mike, I just want to thank you very much for joining the BizTech podcast today. Um, any, any final thoughts or... No, thanks, Adam. It's been it's been great to have this chat. Um, yeah, you and I live this stuff a lot because we've been uh, members of this community. But um, you know, one of our objectives is to make sure that we get um, involvement from around the globe now because yeah. CompTIA is just expanding so beautifully globally. Um, so um, I just encourage people, no matter where you are, if this is a topic you're interested in, hey, join the community, um, get involved, um, let us hear your voice. Um, the more the merrier, right? Absolutely. Perfect. Well said. Well, again, thank you again, Mike, for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure I'll be talking to you soon. You're quite welcome. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the CompTIA BizTech podcast. For more information on CompTIA membership, communities, and councils, visit comptia.org slash membership. If you enjoyed this podcast, the greatest compliment you can give us is subscribing, sharing, and liking the broadcast.